Hope you had a, a good Christmas and a new year. And um, my, my hope is that you got Christmas right this year. You know, we, we developed this series, uh, The Perfect Gift, and it really came out of uh, the fact that I'm, I'm bothered. Every year I see this occurrence of seeing people heading into the Christmas season and they have these great intentions that they're going to draw close to God and they're going to remember the real reason for the season, that they're going to slow down the pace, that they're going to spend some quality time with, with family, that you reconnect with friends and do something for the less fortunate and I told you uh, during the Christmas season that, I, that I'll see people afterwards and I'll go, how was your Christmas? And they'll kind of hang their head and go, mm, it was okay, I'm glad it's over, you know. And so I'll usually dig a little bit and after some further discussion, they, I find out they didn't do any of the things that they intended. And so we talked about so far in this series about getting closer to God during the Christmas season, that... Uh, we needed to dial down consumerism and make some important decisions that impacts our, our family, our friends, and, and people less fortunate than us. And my hope is that as you look back at this past Christmas, that you can actually say, you know what? Christmas was great this year. We, get, we got it right. That was one of the goals of the series. I want to expand that goal. Because there's another phenomenon that is more global. And every year, I watch people start out with the best of intentions, New Year's resolutions. I couldn't see if anybody raised their hand that they'd already broken it. But, you know, we, we promise ourselves, and we promise sometimes other people, that this year is going to be different. And I'm going to make changes. It's a new year, clean slate. I'm going to fix this or that. I'm going to get my priorities straight. I'm going to focus my energy on things that are really important. This is the year. This is the year. Now, fast ramp it. Maybe not so fast. A few weeks in. This year starts looking a lot like last year. Resolutions, broken. Our intentions go unintended. I'm going to is gone from the vernacular. And if the truth were known, you're doing the same thing every year. What started out with such promise fizzles, and this has always bothered me. In fact, I'll be honest, I find it a bit disturbing. Because if you string enough, maybe next year's together, it's a life. It's your one and only life. And how you live this life is what you're going to be remembered for. You know, how you live this life is how God's going to evaluate your faithfulness. Now, don't misunderstand me. This is not an issue of salvation, but it is an issue of stewardship. You know, someday we're going to give an account of our lives someday. Friends, your life is a gift from God. And what you do with that life is our gift to our families, to our friends, to the world, and most important, it's our gift to God. I love the uh, commercial uh, for Chase credit card. 
The guy's sitting at the table. His wife walks by and goes, you're right, we need a new TV. The next shot, the guy's in the store surrounded by huge TVs. And there's that kind of hard driving music. I want it all. I want it all. I want it all. And I want it now. I love that song. There's just something about it that makes my heart race. It has passion. It's about seizing the opportunity, the moment. And so I got thinking, you know, imagine sitting at your table. You're thinking to yourself, I need to change. I need a new life. Next shot, you're in a store. I want it all. I want it all. Say it with me. I want it all. And I want it now. I mean, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be great if you could, could go to the store that it was that easy? You could just go and get it. And I think that's part of the problem. Because we do want it all. And we want it easy, and we want it now. And there is something I've figured out in life. You cannot have it all, and you have to choose. You have to choose. You know, we're, we're not talking about choosing between good and bad, okay? That, that should be a given. But it's the difference between good and great in life. The great things in life are never easy. In fact, I would caution you, if something's easy, be careful. Because most great things are not easy. They don't just happen now. You know, they're not immediate. Now, God specializes in new beginnings. I think it's a God-given design that we get a new year, that every morning we get up, it's a new day. They're all gifts from God. God says, let's wipe the slate clean. Let's start new this year. Let's start new today. And it gives us an opportunity to kind of reflect and retool and start new. And that's great news. It's just good news for us. Now, the key is, you got a plan. In other words, you can't enter 09 and kind of click your heels together. I hope it's better. I hope it's better. I hope it's better. I mean, that works for Hollywood, but good luck in real life. The fact is, you've got to plan to make this year better. You know, Proverbs, it writes, an intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many directions. And some of you, just hearing that last part, you go, oh, that's me. That's me. I'm going all kinds of ways. Last year, I was going to change everything in my life. And I ended up changing nothing. An intelligent person aims at wise action. It means you've got to have goals. You've got to have objectives in your life. You need a target. You know, just curious, how many of you have set goals for this year? All right. See, it's either set goals or you hope. You hope it happens. In other words, you, you have to have a game plan. And, and I want to suggest, although you can't go to the store and purchase a new life, that we would take our cues from Best Buy and look at some of the best buys for 09. Now, I, I love going to Best Buy. How many, how many people like going to Best Buy? Probably mostly guys, but... Uh, it's a high-tech paradise. 
I mean, they got computers and surround sound and cameras, Xbox 360, HD TVs, PSPs, GPS, MP3s, DVDs. Have someone translate if you didn't know what I was saying there. But I'll be honest with you, I have to really kind of check myself because when I'm walking around in Best Buy, I'm like, ooh, I need that. Whoa, check it out. You know, like I spot a 73-inch high-def TV. My mind just starts racing. I wonder if that'd sit on my desk. That'd be a great computer monitor. (laughs) Seriously, I think those kind of things. And after a few minutes of imagining that sitting on my desk, clerk comes by and goes, can I help you? No, I don't think so. I'm married. (laughs) He goes, I understand, sir. (laughs) It it really could happen that way. It it amazes me the amount of stuff that goes out the door at Best Buy. People loading it in their car, taking it home. So let's just assume that I buy the 73-inch TV. I put it on my desk for a monitor. You know, so I get it home and... And I take it out of the box, and I start setting it up. And then if I run into problems, I try guessing. And then after a couple hours of that, I finally get out the instructions and read them. You know. and, then, and then you go online, I register. Now it belongs to me. And then I anxiously await friends coming over because I want to show off my new monitor. Friends comes over. Hey, Ben's, we're talking about monitors. Come here, let me show you something. Check out my monitor. Kind of big, isn't it? Yeah, 73 inches. I don't need my glasses to read it. But did you notice something? There's a change in the vernacular. It's hidden under there. It's about ownership. You know, it's mine. It's mine. And friends, I want to suggest to you, if you're going to make changes and see them through, this is the best buy that sits on the shelf. And in fact, there is a surplus of this, and it's a thing called responsibility, and that is take ownership of your life. Take ownership of your life. This isn't a popular concept. In fact, it goes against our modern-day mentality to kind of drop it and blame someone else. That mantra, you know, none of my problems are my fault. Everything that happens to me, someone else caused, and responsibility sits on the shelf. And I want to suggest that ownership is imperative if you're going to get it together. Take responsibility for your failures, for your mistakes. It's a must. It's a must. It's the starting point. If you're going to be successful in life, if you're going to make your life count, it's not going to happen until you register ownership. You know, Galatians, Paul writes in Galatians 6, he says, for we are responsible for our own conduct. I mean, it seems so simple. The the fact is, my choices always determine a lot more about my life than my circumstances. You know, you can't control everything that's going to happen in 09. You can't. 
There are things that are going to happen, and you have no idea. I'm clueless. You're clueless. But we can control our actions and our reactions in life. You know, I've talked about this before. There are really three types of people. There are accusers, excusers, and choosers in life. And accusers blame everyone for whatever the problem is in their life. Look what happened to me. It's all your fault. You caused this. And I want to suggest if you continue to play what I call the blame game, your life will stay the same. Excusers, this is the person that that always uh, has a rationale for where they are or what they've done or what they haven't done. And I, I have found, this is just me speaking, but if I want to procrastinate, any excuse will do. Any. You know, a person on the, this path is going, you know, I'm going to find a way not to face the challenge. I'm going to find a way to get out of this somehow, you know, to, to back away. I like the scripture, Proverbs, it says a lazy person claims there's a lion out there. If I go outside, I might be killed. That's a vivid imagination. Because the last I checked in Jerusalem, there were no lions. But as I hear that, it sounds a lot like some excuses I've used. Some excuses I've heard other people make. I mean, just from time to time, you, you catch these things. Excuses of why they are where they are. Why they haven't done such and such, or why they did this or that. And friends, it's just, sometimes it's just as absurd. Why'd you do that? There was a lion in the street. Be careful. And then there's choosers. You know, I'm taking responsibility for my life, I'm taking responsibility for my happiness. If you just take ownership, This is paying high dividends in 09. It's a best buy. Second thing is accept help. Accept help. I was at Sam's the other day. I was in line behind this guy. He was buying a refrigerator. The clerk asked him, said, do you need help loading? No, I'll be fine. I watched this guy go out the door. And uh, so I'm heading out to the parking lot. And I'm heading to my truck. This guy heads... To, to his truck, and uh, it was hilarious. That's all I got to say. It was just hilarious. He's pushing on this thing. He starts tilting the, the box that it was in. He kicks the box a few times. He appeared to be dancing. I'm not sure what he was doing. I, I think he was throwing a fit. And what was funny to me was several people stopped and offered to help him. Or that's what it appeared. I mean, maybe they were giving him money, thought he was a street performer or something. But at any rate, I loaded my car, and I went over. I said, you need help? He goes, I'm fine. I said, I'll help you anyway. (laughs) And uh, I thought about that because it's the same thing people do in life all the time. God says, hey, let me help you. No, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, Paul says this. He says, there is nothing I cannot master with the help of Christ who gives me strength. How many of you believe that? There is nothing 
I cannot master without the help of Christ who strengthens me. It means you're not going to face any difficulties this year. There are no problems. There are no situations that you can't handle. On your own? No. With the help of Jesus Christ. I've read a few kind of self-help books through the years. And, and don't get, misunderstand me, I think self-help books are, are good, but I, I've, I've read them and they'll, they'll tell you things like how to be a great leader, you know, get rid of all your bad habits, of course, you know, be disciplined, duh, you know, learn to get along with people, okay, develop self-control, check, they tell you what to do, but friends, they do not give you the power to do it, that's why we need Jesus Christ in our life, I mean, I believe I can handle anything. I believe I can change, but not on my own power. It's with the power of Jesus Christ, the power that God gives me. You know, the Bible's full of story after story of people who changed, people who faced incredible situations. You know, Moses, Gideon, Esther. Initially, they they thought they couldn't do it. They thought they couldn't change. They thought they couldn't make it through. They did not believe that they could accomplish the task that God had called them to. But you know what? God talked to them. God promised them power. And little by little, they began to believe they could change. They began to believe they could make it. They began to believe that they could accomplish something. And friends, they went on to do amazing, amazing stuff. It's a best buy for life that the creator of this universe, the creator that made you, is willing to help you with life, willing to strengthen you in life. You just have to decide you're going to accept that help. Last year, Cindy and I were in Best Buy. We were camera shopping. And... um, it was kind of comical. I mean, we're kind of picking up cameras randomly, and we're going, ooh, this one's cute. Check this out, you know. And we're checking out the features, looking at the silly pictures other people have taken. Actually, I was taking silly pictures and, you know, just uh, these kind of self-portrait things. And finally, after a few minutes, a clerk came over. He's like, can I help you? So looking at cameras. He goes, do you know what you want? Well, not sure. He says, well, let me show you a few features. And so he started talking about pixels and memory and storage. And he talked about the difference between point and shoot and advanced lenses. And he said, this is slim, this is sleek, what kind of styles. And after he talked for a little while, he asked a question. He said, what is the most important thing to you? And Cindy and I both said, picture quality. He said, well, what's the next most important thing? He said, easy to use. And he asked a few more questions like that. And then he goes, can I suggest one of these two or three cameras? And we ended up buying one, and we've loved it. We've loved it. But the clerk asked a very key question that made the process make sense, that made the process work for us. And that is, what's most important? What's most important? It's a best buy question for life. What's most important? Establish your priorities. You have to decide what's important and what's not. God's given you the freedom to choose. You can make a decision. 
You know, I love Joby. He says, we can choose the sounds we want to listen to. We can choose the tastes we want in food. We should choose to follow what is right. But first of all, we must define what is good. Decide what's important this year. I find it amazing that few people ever do this. Few people ever stop and evaluate and establish priorities for their lives. You know, what's important, what really matters. You know, rarely do we decide what we really want. And I've said before, if you aim at nothing, you're going to hit nothing. I mean, you'll hit it, but what do you got? And I ask people once in a while, I'll say, what do you want out of life? Startles them. Um, uh, uh, and usually, when we ferret it all out, they go, well, I want to be happy. And what I find interesting is if I dig a little bit further, I find they've never considered what it is that would make them happy, let alone what it is God might want you to do in life or why you're even on this planet. It's a key question. What's important to you? You know, set aside two or three hours, sit down with a piece of paper, write it out, think it through. You know, what do I value? What do do I want to change? What's worth the investment of my life, my one and only life? You know, Jesus says, "You, you have not because you ask not. And I'm convinced we don't ask because we don't know. We don't know what we want. We don't know what we want to change. You have to decide, friends, what's important. Nobody can do that for you. You have to decide that. First Corinthians, Paul writes, he says, everything is permissible, but not everything's beneficial. Narrowing the target. I want it all. I want it all. I want it all. And I want it now. Life's about choices, friends. I mean... For most of us, it is not choosing between good and evil. You know, like, am I going to read my Bible today or run over people in the parking lot after service? Hmm. Hmm. It's deciding between good, better, and best. Some things aren't necessary. In life, some things aren't necessarily wrong in life. They're, they're just not necessary. You, you do not have time for everything. And friends, you have to figure this one out. You have to figure this one out. And one of the ways you get at this, at what's really, really important, is ask yourself what's going to last? What's going to last? A, a lot of things may be urgent, but they're not important. You know, as pastor, I have been with too many people as they're dying. And in that process, we'll talk. And through all the years I've been in ministry, I have not had one time someone said, I wish I'd have spent more time at the office. Not one time. I've never had anybody tell me that. But I've had lots of people say, you know what? I should have spent more time with my family. I should have spent more time getting to know God. I should have spent a lot more time making a difference with my life. What do you want out of life? What do you want to get done? 
you know, what do you want to change in 09? Again, you cannot change 100 things this year. Establish priorities. Ask God to help you figure it out. Ask God to help you do it after you figure it out. Here's another Best Buy. Apply now. Apply now. Start today. There will never be an ideal time to begin moving forward in your life, to start the process of change in your life. You've got to put it into action. Ecclesiastes writes, says, if you wait for the perfect condition, read with me, you will never get anything done. It saddens me, but I hear people often, one of these days, one of these days, one of these days when things settle down, and I've got a newsflash, they do not settle down until they put you in the ground. They don't settle down, guys. It's called life. When things settle down, I'm going to start reading my Bible. Well, let me suggest you start reading it when things are unsettled. You know, when things settle down, I'm going to put a priority on my marriage and start working on it. Well, friends, if you wait, your marriage will die. You know, when things really settle down, I'm going to spend more time with my kids. And they will be grown and gone if you wait for them to settle down. In fact, your kids are part of the reason it is unsettling. I mean, that's just a fact. One of the main reasons I believe people procrastinate is because they were waiting for the perfect situation. Perfectionism, friends, will produce paralysis in your life. Because you're waiting for that perfect moment, you can't get anything done. And if you don't apply yourself today, right now, you probably never will. You have to learn to live life and enjoy life even when it's less than perfect. Let's assume I go to Best Buy. I take ownership. You know, I accept God's help this year. I establish priorities for my life. Well, well, now what do I do? Well, let me suggest that we look to Jesus Christ. Jesus sets an example for us. I believe Luke 2 says Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and favor with God and people. Jesus grew in wisdom. In other words, there was an intellectual development taking place. He grew in stature. Well, physically, he was growing. He grew in favor with God spiritually. He was developing. And with people, socially, we've got development going on. And as I look at that and as I read Jesus' life, he was very balanced. And what I want to suggest is just set some goals for yourself in each of those areas. Intellectually, set some goals. What do you want me to learn this year? Just start trying to figure that out. Stretch yourself, grow, expand your horizons, change things in your life. You know, do yourself a favor and learn all you can. Remember what you've learned and you'll prosper. You know, maybe set a book goal for yourself. I'm going to read X amount of books this year. Educational goal, I've said before. You know, go back to school. Pick up a class or two. You know, expand yourself. You know, maybe go to Lewis and Clark or one of the area colleges. Develop your skills. Learn a new language. Learn more about computers. So that a year from now, you're a little bit smarter. It's good stewardship of the brain God gave you. Develop it. Physical goals. You know, what do you want to improve this year health-wise? Lose weight. 
exercise program, improve your eating habits. The Bible has a lot to say on, on the topic. It says being, being cheerful keeps you healthy. It's a slow death to be gloomy all the time. For, for some of you, God would say, you know what? Just take a chill pill. Quit sweating the small stuff in life. Be cheerful. Be cheerful. And it'll keep you healthy. Set some spiritual goals. I mean, what, what do you want to do this year spiritually? What would help you in your relationship with God? Make, what would the one thing make, that would make the biggest difference? Again, not ten things, one thing. That, that would just change things for you. You know, maybe it's something you've been putting off, and you know it. You know, maybe you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. I can't think of a better way to start 09 than establishing that relationship. You know, maybe you've been putting off, you know, joining the church. I'd encourage you to sign up for the F2 class and learn more about what we're doing around here. Get in a small group, as Cindy was just talking about. We've got a new group starting up uh, the 12th. It's a great entrance point to get to know some other people and to learn a little bit more about God. You know, maybe it's to start start tithing and, and connecting with God and saying, you know what, you're first in my finances. Maybe it's starting a quiet time with God on a daily basis, having Bible study. But pick something. I don't care what you pick. But pick something so that at the end of the year, you won't be going... Did I grow? And then socially. It's talking about living beyond ourselves. You know, in other words, I would ask you, what, what's your ministry going to be to others? Because God isn't interested in us just focusing on ourselves. God doesn't bless uh, that selfish uh, mentality. You know, First Peter writes, God has given you some special abilities be sure to use them to make millions? No. To make yourself happy? No. What's it say? Help each other. That's ministry, friends. I would encourage you to get involved somewhere. You know, our Living Beyond classes. It's in the worship guide. You can read about it, but it's, it's designed to help people figure that out, to check out opportunities, to find a, a good fit for yourself. To, you know, Maybe 09 is the year that you finally get off the bench and get in the game. Develop a heart for other people. Now, a few tips. If you're going to have goals, I think these are the best goals, and I'll use the word best. Be Be specific. Be specific. In other words, make them goals that you can accomplish because vague goals are pretty useless in life. You know, so in other words, when you set a goal, don't say things like, well, I want to be a better person. You know, I want to be happier. I mean, well, what's that mean? How, how do you even follow that? You know, don't use terms like more or less. I want to be more or I want to be less. Be very specific. You know, in other words, I want to read you know, 15 books this year, or I want to lose 15 pounds. Pick your poison here, but be specific. Don't say, oh, I want to be more like Jesus. How are you going to measure that? How are you going to measure that? You got to be very specific. E, 
engaging. Whatever your goal is this year, whatever goals you have, they have to engage you. They must motivate you. Otherwise, you're not going to pursue them. If it's not engaging to you, you won't even try. And I know we think, oh, well, if I set goals, it'll motivate me. No, the goals have to be motivating. And they need to be sensible. Sensible. Make them doable. In other words, if you can't obtain them or reach them or you set the goals so high, all you do is get discouraged. You kind of set yourself up. You know, in other words, if my goal is, okay, I'm going to start praying and I'm going to pray three hours a day. How do you think I'm going to do with that one? I mean, you're going to get discouraged and give up after about three minutes. Whatever the goal is, it should be based on your values, your priorities. In other words, don't set goals that you think somebody else wants you to set. And the flip side, don't set goals for other people. T, they should be trackable, traceable. In other words, I should be able to look and tell that I'm making progress. How do I know if I've reached my goal? You know, I'm going to put $100 in the bank every month. I'm going to attend church every Sunday. You can look back and you can track it. You either did it or you didn't do it. And set yourself a timeline with things. Set dates to accomplish things. Tell someone else what you're going to accomplish. You don't have to tell the world. You know, don't go around here and go, I'm going to lose 10 pounds this year. I'm going to lose 10 pounds. Hey, you know what I'm doing? I'm losing 10 pounds. I'm going to lose 10 pounds. Hey, guess what I'm doing? Find one person that you know will hold you accountable and say, you know what? Here's my goal this year. And I know as I say this, some of you go, I've done this before, and it doesn't work, Damon. I'm okay for a few weeks, and then I bail out. I mean, I've got good intentions. But the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do. I don't have the power to change. And you know what? You're right. You do not have the power to change. That's why you need Jesus Christ. That's why you need God. You need God on a moment-by-moment basis. Paul writes in Ephesians 6, he says, Your strength must come from the Lord mighty power within you. And friends, that is the difference between pop psychology, self-help stuff, and Christianity. The books out there, there's some good books. And they tell you some of the right things to do. But the problem is they don't give you the power to do it. But God will give you the power. God will give you the power to make commitments and to keep commitments. And my hope for you is that you go to Best Buy and you buy in and you let God change you bit by bit, piece by piece. Let's bow in a word of prayer together. Our holy God, we praise you for this new year. A year full of opportunities. God, I pray that 
you'd give us the strength to whatever changes you'd have us make, that we'd make those adjustments. Whatever it is that you'd have us do or not do. God, we would just lay that stuff out before you. God, we look at this year with hope, with expectation. God, I pray that when the end of December rolls around, we can look back and say, you know what? 09 was good. God, use us. God, I thank you for your grace that even when we fall and we stumble, we break our resolutions or fail to run after whatever goals we set, that your grace is bigger than all of it. And that throughout this new year, there are new days every day. God, I pray that we would use them, that we'd be good stewards of the time and the opportunities that you give us. We give you the glory. We give you the praise, the stand every day. Amen. Let's stand and sing together.